Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. All right, so, you know, we've spent some time in the last few weeks going over 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and commonly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is referred to as the gifts of the Spirit, at least the first part is referred to as the gifts of the Spirit. But, but I want to let it be known that this series is not about the gifts of the Spirit. It's about Holy Spirit. Okay? And these are simply manifestations of Him in people's lives and in the body of Christ in the earth today that we can, you know, He gives us this stuff so we don't go, oh, that was, that was wild. Is that God? Yeah, this is how he operates. This is what he does. This is what's available to you. And, you know, we, we said this, that there's, there's revelation gifts. There's three of them. There's power gifts. There's three of them. And there's vocal gifts. There's three of them. And, and I listened to Pastor Stephen from last week, and it was tremendous. He talked about the vocal gifts of the Holy Spirit. He talked about... Uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And I'm sitting at the airport getting ready to board my plane and Pastor Stephen texts me and says, hey, here's the message from Sunday. What a world we're living in. So, you know, I sit there getting as much internet as I can muster, you know, and I pull down the whole thing. I get on the plane, put on my headphones, and there we go. I'm listening to the service that you guys enjoyed last week. And it was great. Stewardess comes by, says, you want water? Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah I'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who? Anyway, what's he listening to? What's going on? What are those wires coming out of his ears? Huh? Yeah. So, you know, these vocal gifts, you know, uh, again, there's, there's diverse kinds of tongues, and that's a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. There's interpretation of tongues, which is a supernatural showing forth of what was being said in tongues. And Paul was real specific that, you know, when these things are manifest in a public arena where there's believers and unbelievers, he says, guys, he says, we should have an interpretation of the tongue and not just the tongue. Because you know why? Not because the earth is going to swallow you know, everybody up if that doesn't happen, but the Holy Spirit never comes to cause confusion. Okay, None of the gifts are meant to cause confusion or division. The devil will try to make it that way. The devil tries to stir up the body of Christ and say, oh, I'm on this side and I'm on that side. But I'm telling you, these are just things given to us, ways that he manifests in our life to help us, to help us. Prophecy. You know what prophecy is by a New Testament definition? It's, uh, I'm not on the right page, but who cares? It's in 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says that when you prophesy, you speak to edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what the simple gift of prophecy is, is to exhort, to, to edify, and to comfort other believers. Okay. You know, and, and, and sometimes, I guess, the body of Christ, we've missed it. You know, who hasn't missed it? I mean, we've all missed it. You know, and we can kind of get prideful and wear it like a badge, like, whoa, I prophesy. Ooh, I speak with tongues. But the truth is, all these things are just ways Holy Spirit manifests himself to help us, to help us. Now, Pastor Stephen taught you know, you know, if you weren't here, you should listen to it on YouTube or whatever, iTunes or something. And, and um, he talked about the tongues and interpretation of tongues in a public setting, you know, of mixed crowd of believers and unbelievers. 
I want to spend some time this morning talking about tongues in, in your own private prayer life and tongues, you know, when you're with other believers. Is that okay? Can I say a couple things before I even get going? Okay, I sh- probably shouldn't even have to, but I don't want to leave room for the devil. I'll tell you this, you know, you don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. Okay, you don't have to speak in tongues for God to love you. My goodness, he loved me before I ever got born again. He loved me. You know, it didn't change anything, you know. And, and you don't have to speak in tongues in order to go to heaven. All you got to do is believe in Jesus. You know, I know there's, there's crazy things out there. If you, you know, frequent YouTube or any of these places, there's stuff out there. There's good things. I love YouTube. I, I watch something on it probably every day. But, but uh, there's weird stuff out there. The Apostle Paul were alive today, he'd say, beware, there's weird stuff on YouTube. <laughs> but there's also Liberty Christian Centers on YouTube. So, praise the Lord. Hey, Sunday. All right, let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. Even if you're a member of Liberty Christian Center, you don't have to pray in tongues. And we love you. We don't think of you... As, as, as second class in any way. I'm just talking about this because it is like a tool that's been given to you. You know, I don't own a chainsaw. I know, you guys are floored that I don't. Aaron, sorry. Aaron owns one, I bet. But, uh, you know, I don't own a chainsaw, but there have been times in my life that I've needed a chainsaw, and I know my, my neighbor, Tom. Tom's not here. But I've gone over and said, Tom, I need some help. And he'll come over with his chainsaw, just just buzz that thing right off, you know, bad limb or something. In fact, that guy, one time, he took down practically a whole tree for me. He did. And and then he went and burned it. I was like, Tom, you are just sent from God, you know. And, And, you know, the funny thing is, is chainsaws are available to anybody. From what I've heard in the weekly ads, I could go to Fleet Farm, and I could get a chance, anybody can. They don't stop you at the door and say, well, I don't know if you're chosen to have a chainsaw. <laughs> Show me your card. No, there's nothing like that that goes on. Anybody can have a chainsaw, but, and it doesn't make me a better person to have a chainsaw. As far as I know, Tom doesn't look at me with disgust like, loser, doesn't have a chainsaw. <laughs> Best he can pull out is like a switchblade or a pocket knife, not a switchblade. <laughs> Shh. Anyway. Um, so, you know, I mean, how does this stuff happen? Because, see, the Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. And, and, and Jesus said that, that he was for every person. He was going to live in believers and walk with them. But, you know, the devil will get in there with, with all kinds of crazy misconceptions and thoughts to try to keep us from having everything we need to succeed in life. You know, it's like the devil doesn't want us having a chainsaw, okay? He's like, oh, he's scared when we have one. And so, so you know, I may buy one this week. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus said some stuff before he ascended into heaven. You know, I, 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 as I go through this, you know, I see that Jesus did a lot of his teaching, a lot of his teaching, not publicly, 
But when he was with the disciples, okay, a lot of the teaching that he did was all preparing them for this next phase of planet Earth and, and what God was doing with us humans in the Holy Spirit, you know, living with us, living in us. A lot of it. You know, you read the, the chapters in John and, and throughout, he's, he's preparing them. And here is Jesus in Acts chapter 1, the story is this, is that, that Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. He's leaving, you know, planet earth, you know, is, a, is in a physical form, he's going up into heaven. And the disciples are gathered around, and it actually says that in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard of me. Why did, why did he say that? Because he'd spent a lot of time with these guys telling them about the promise. What was the promise? The promise, we read it already this morning, that they wouldn't be alone. They, Jesus was leaving, but he was sending another helper. And, and, and he says, now listen, guys, go hang out and wait for him. And then in verse 8, he goes on, he says, because when he comes, he says, you are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and, and Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So he says, guys, it's important. What was that old commercial? Don't leave home without it. Basically, that's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, listen, don't set out on any mission until you have the power. Can you say power? power. Again, Jesus, you know, we're not focusing on, 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 um, on tongues so much here, but we're talking about his Holy Spirit. He says, Holy Spirit is going to come. You're going to interact with him with the third person of the Godhead. And don't go off on your own. Are you like me where, where you get, get really antsy and want to start off and get the mission going, you know? I mean, I know Pastor Stephen and Kelly and Kayla. They have, Kelly has a countdown on her Facebook, you know? Two weeks, three days, four hours, 23 minutes, 15 seconds, and we're gone, you know. She's at the gate, like, ready to run, you know. And that's how these disciples were. Can you imagine Peter? Peter was ready to run when Jesus was on the earth, you know. Uh, ooh, they're not with us, you know. Let's go call thunder, call fire down from heaven, and, you know. Jesus says, cool it, Peter, cool it, Peter. And here he's got all of them. He's saying, guys, hold on. Don't go out until you got the power. Don't go out till Holy Spirit comes on you. I've got a lot of scriptures I could read, but I'm going to jump ahead to Acts 19. And what, what I would read if, if I had, you know, unending time here is through the book of Acts, you'll find different instances, instances where believers get born again, and it was the common practice of the early church that they'd get born again, and they would pray for this endowment of power from the Holy Spirit. This is what they would do. All right, people would get, get thoroughly born again. One time was in Samaria. P, uh, Philip was, was preaching, and, and it says the whole city, you know, basically got born again. He had a citywide crusade. And it says they, they, got, they, they took heed to what was being preached, and it says there was great joy in the city. And then the first thing that the apostles in Jerusalem did is sent Peter and John to go lay hands on them that the Holy Spirit would come on them. Now in Acts 19... 
Uh, it says in verse 1, it says, It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and he found some disciples and he said to them this question. He says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, you know, that question thrown at many people, you know, that are Christians, they'd go, well, well yeah, of course he's in. You know, can I tell you something? In your ministering to people, whether it's to get people born again or to help them in their walk, don't ever take away from people. Don't take away what they have. Because the truth is, these guys at, at Ephesus, they had the Holy Spirit living in them. Okay? Holy Spirit lives in every believer. But Paul was praying, he said, and the thing that, that he wanted was his guys, he says, there's more that you can experience right now of who he is. And there's things that, that you need that are there for you. There's a sale on chainsaws at the local fleet farm. I'm going to give you a coupon. We're going to get it. And so when these guys said, you know, we, this is what they, basic, they said almost for, verbatim. They said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That's what they said. You know, that, that didn't make them not saved. Didn't mean that if, if Jesus came back, they'd be lost, okay? They're thoroughly saved, children of God. But Paul, what he did is he said, here, guys, let me pray for you. And he laid his hands on them, and I better read it. In verse 6, it says, Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. All right, so my whole thing today, what I wanted to just address is there's, there's this element of, of the speaking in tongues part. You know, Pastor Stephen talked about public, mixed crowd, when there's believers and unbelievers there. There's a sort of etiquette that we'd follow. God, you know, God's okay with, with order. Some people think this, that if you're really Holy Ghost, there's no order. You just let her rip. You go until the sun goes down, until people are, are falling out of the balcony and you have to raise them from the dead. That's the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, if, if you don't, you're not supposed to know when a service ends. You know, why do we, we have a start service? You know, a starting time. Maybe we should just not even have a start time and we'll just believe that everybody will hear from the Holy Spirit what time we should start and, and we'll see who shows up next week. I'll be at the noon, noonish service. No. <laughs> That's when my Holy Spirit wakes me up. No. <laughs> now, he's all into order. He's all into... He, Holy Spirit, just because he's there doesn't mean you shouldn't have. In fact, you should have order when the Holy Spirit's there. I remember Tim O'Leary is a, is a guy, uh, I haven't heard, listened to him for a long time, but we used to go to minister's meeting, and this guy named Tim O'Leary would preach. Not Timothy O'Leary, but Tim O'Leary. Get the O in there. Anyway, um, he said this one time about heaven. He says, when you get to heaven, one of the things that's going to amaze you is there's order. There's absolute order. And Tim said that, and Dana almost jumped out of her seat. I had to hold her down. I had to say, Dana, just cool it. Cool it, Dana. Don't make a scene here. No. He says, there's going to be, you know what? God's a God of order. He's not into just chaos. In fact, the reason that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and, and addressed specifically in chapter 
12, 13, and 14 was to bring order to something that they had grabbed hold of and, and they, were, they were experiencing and it was real, but they didn't bring the order part into it. And Paul said, listen, guys. This is, again, Paul talking to the Corinthian church. He says, he says man, we can be a lot more effective. We can reach a lot more people if we can just bring this thing into control, some order. So God's not against order. He's all about it. In fact, I've lost my order right now. No. <laughs> no. So Holy Spirit, so what I'm talking about today is, you know, Pastor Stephen talked about in the public mixed setting. What I'm talking about today is, is using a prayer language in your own private devotion and when you're with other believers. You know, honestly, I, I pray in tongues more than I pray with my understanding. And, and uh, it's just the normal thing in the Carlson home. If something comes up, in fact, when we saw all that stuff going on in France, you know, my son-in-law was supposed to be in Paris right during this whole thing, and his trip got canceled from work about two, week, two weeks ago. It's been a while, but originally he was scheduled to be in Paris. He'd have probably been at something like that. <laughs> anyway. But uh, <clears throat> we heard about this the other night, Immediately, we started to pray, and we prayed with our understanding, Dana and I, but as soon as our understanding's done, does anybody run out of understanding when they're praying? Anybody ever done that? I've done that. And so our understanding stops, and then we, we just kick into praying in tongues, and that's how we do it. I remember years ago, I remember as we were associate pastors in Minneapolis, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, what is a couple do on New Year's Eve, well, we were staying home and enjoying every minute of it. And then the phone rang, and it was uh, some members from the church, uh, people our age, friends, and uh, their daughter, the baby, you know, she was just a baby, had been taken to the emergency room with, with uh, meningitis. So they, they called us, and, you know, immediately, like Dana told me, I, I Whoever was on the phone, we hung up and told each other. We immediately just cried out to God. We cried out to God and said, Lord, have mercy on, on, on this little girl. And, and, and you know, we, we spoke the word over her. And we prayed everything we knew to pray. And then we started praying in tongues. And we prayed in tongues until we had peace. And I, you've probably heard me tell this story before, but when we finished praying in tongues and had peace, we were, we were somehow we were sitting on the floor. I don't know how we got there. We were, ended up sitting on the floor in the living room. And Kara was two and a half or three years old. I don't know. I'd have to look at her baby book. I forget. But she comes up to Dana and I because you know what? Kids see this kind of stuff. She, and, and kids don't get freaked out by this kind of stuff. It's just adults that do. Kara comes walking up to Dana and I. We're sitting on the floor. She says, can I do that too? And I thought about it. And I said, sure. And we laid hands on her. And, and, and she just started praying in tongues. Kids. Three years old. Three years old at the max. Started praying in tongues. When she got done and we got done, she looked at us and said, can I pray in French now? <laughs> I said, well, you just practice what you got. <laughs> and, you know, as a parent, I'll tell you this. I'll go further. As a parent, 
You know, our, my, our child, our oldest child, has this experience with us. Every night when I put her to bed, I would take literally about 30 seconds, and I would just say, let's pray in tongues. Why? Because I wanted her to know she could do it any time. Some people have an experience, and they think, well, that's it. I had it. I can never have it again. The truth is, you can pray in tongues any time you want to. You know, people get all kinds of funny ideas about tongues. They think the Holy Spirit's going to just take their tongue and make it talk, or they're going to be in Walmart checking out at the checkout. You can tell that was one of my phobias. You know, I'm at the Walmart in the checkout line, and all of a sudden, you're, you're paying, and the cashier's talking to you, and you start praying and talking in tongues, and you don't know what to do. No, it doesn't work like that. You have control. So I would every night just pray with, with Kara, and I'd take like 30 seconds because she was, she was three years old. That's how I was praying tongues, and she would, she would do that. And You know, eventually, uh, after a, a month or so, Casey, her younger daughter, who definitely was some two-something, said, can I do that too? And I said, yeah, sure, come on. <laughs> and we prayed for her, and she, she got it. Kids can get this stuff so easy because they don't let this get in the way. <clears throat> I got a couple scriptures I want to make sure to read this service. Um, it's in 1 Corinthians. Here, I'll start with this. Maybe. Who knows where I am? 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah, here it is. Verse 15. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. It says, what, what uh, is the conclusion then? I'm reading out a New King James. He says, I'll pray with the Spirit, and I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So this jumped out at me years ago. I was reading it. And here the Apostle Paul is again giving instruction to the Corinthian church. And he says this, he says, I will pray with the Spirit. Now, let it be known here when in this particular passage, what Paul's talking about is praying in tongues. Now, you can pray Holy Spirit anointed unction prayers with your understanding. Don't get me wrong. You totally can. But in this particular context, what Paul is talking about here is praying in other tongues. And he, this is what he said. He says, I will pray with my understanding, and I will pray with the Spirit. I will sing with my understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. Did you know you can sing in other tongues? You can sing in other tongues. And, and that works really great when you don't know the words. <laughs> you can just sing in other tongues. But the word that, that grabs me here is this word, will. I will pray. I will pray. Now, you know, I don't know about you, but we, we, we make a habit of this, uh, of when we're going to eat a meal, we, we usually pray before we eat. And, and um, I, I know as a kid growing up, they did that in our house. And I would get really frustrated when we had company for dinner and this one particular gentleman was asked to pray because his understanding in, in praying went longer than my appetite and hunger could handle. And, and, and the thing is, is that when, when someone's asked to pray for the dinner, we don't ever sit around the pizza and go, all right, whoever's got it, let it go. 
All right, you got a goose bump yet? I mean, uh, come on, come on. I don't want to wait all day. Let's... No, I, this is how I do it. I say, Father, help, help, help me, Father. Yeah, that's usually what I pray. <laughs> Father, bless this food. Thank you for it. You know, we appreciate it in Jesus' name. You know, that's pretty much what I would pray. You know, my philosophy is if you're going to pray, pray. If you're going to eat, eat. Okay? And, and um, so that's praying with my understanding. I don't have to work up a goose bump. I don't have to wait till the, the atmosphere is just right. I just do it. Paul said, the same way I pray with my understanding, I pray with the Spirit. You can pray in tongues anytime you want to. Anytime you want to. Why would I want to? Well, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 2 through 4. How's that for a shotgun reference? Uh, it says that when you pray in other tongues, you, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. What does edify mean? It means build yourself up. I mean, that is a, totally a Christianese word, edify. You, nobody sits around hanging out in the alley saying, let's get edified. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. I never did that. I, there's words when I got born again, I had, to, I had to get a dictionary and look words up. Never, ever heard the word fervent prayer. Someone used that word. I said, what? I didn't say what. I was too proud to do that. I went, cool. Then I went home and I looked it up. Now I'd Google it. Anyway, so the Bible says when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. You energize yourself. You, you get strengthened on the inside. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said he never, Smith Wigglesworth was an English preacher had a tremendous dynamic ministry. Many people were healed, delivered, set free. Had 14 people raised from the dead in his ministry. You know, I've read probably all the books written about him, so I refer to him from time to time. You know, we actually named the grand dog Smith Wigglesworth, or Stephen and, Pastor Stephen and Kara did. But uh, that's Smith Wigglesworth, the dog. This is Smith Wigglesworth, the man. And, and um, he said he never went to minister without praying in tongues first. And someone says, well, why do you do that, Smith? And, and uh, Smith says, because the Bible says when I do that, I get energized. I get energized. And he says, and how can I go out and be effective to anybody, you know, to minister to other people unless I myself get energized? So when you pray in tongues, you get energized. When you pray in tongues, you know, you can pray about things that maybe you don't have mental, you know, uh, clarity about, but you know you need to pray about them. Praying about France. I don't know what to pray. I know certain things to pray, but, but my understanding is limited. When I run out of understanding, I can say, Holy Ghost, help me to pray, and I can pray in other tongues. That would be a reason I'd want to do that. That's why I'd pull the chainsaw out. You know, Tom doesn't, my neighbor Tom, he doesn't pull his chainsaw out, you know, every day. But if there's a need, he pulls it out. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more needy than that. I need, every day, I need the Holy Spirit, you know. I do, and, and I, I find myself praying in tongues every day, every day. Now, again, do I need to do that to go to heaven? No. Do I need to do that to go to liberty? No. Do I need to do that to be a good Christian? Well, it'll help you, but you can be a good Christian without doing that. I know examples of that, but I'm telling you what. I can cut down a tree today, but I know my arm will be really sore by the end of the day 
or I can say, hey, I'm going to get myself a chainsaw. That's kind of how they sound. Anyway, and, and, and the work gets done. All right, one more thing. Is this for everybody? Yeah, it's for everybody. Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, you know, there's a big ruckus, and people from every nation under heaven were there, and, and they heard these, these, these people praying, 120 praying in, in, in their own languages. They actually heard it in their own language. And, and uh, what I like to say is this, God knows your language. He knows how to speak to you. But uh, Peter, at the end of his sermon here, when he was addressing the crowd, he said this, guys, get this. This promise that we're talking about here, this is for you. So it's for the people there that day. He says it's for your kids, and it's for everyone, whoever the Lord God calls. He says it's for everybody. So it's a help. It's a helper. You know, you can know the Holy Spirit, you know, in many ways. This is just one way, one way. Uh, should I tell that story about DSW? Yeah, I will. You know, some people get all weirded out about tongues, but, you know, it's just part of who, you know, the Holy Spirit manifests himself that way. I like a good pair of shoes. And, and usually, I go shopping at DSW. I'm not, I'm not doing a commercial for them or anything, but that's just where I go. Because they got a lot of shoes, they're all over, the designer, warehouse, whatever thing. And, and uh, you know, you go in there and sometimes they'll say, hey, can I help you? Now, wouldn't it be silly if I went in there and said, well, you know, I'm really sold on shoes. I, I love shoes, I wear them every day. But, you know, I'd really like a pair of shoes without any tongues. <laughs> Could I get some without tongues? They'd look at me like, where are you from? What planet did you, where, did you just come to, from New York or something or what? No. Well, you know, this is just one way that Holy Spirit manifests himself through our lives. It's one help that he brings to us. And we want to embrace all that he is. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.